Navy Federal has a mission to put members first by making their financial goals the priority. Receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions, like a full suite of financial products designed to fit your needs, 24-7 live support, and access to over 300 branches on or near military bases. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information or call 1-888-842-6328 or download the Navy Federal Credit Union app. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and co-Danny, Danny Kelly. What is up, DK? What's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. We are joined by full-time Craig. Hey, what's up? Who you? I can't see you because of the <laughs> studio we're in. There's just like this glass wall separating us, so you look like the scene in Austin Powers, like through the tent with oh, the flashlights. Oh, you can see my shadow? I can see your shadow. Oh, cool. And it's yeah, profile. Uh, yeah, yeah, you got, I, it's, I, don't, I don't even want to You're painting stress. a nice silhouette. picture for people. Silhouette. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very visual joke, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, that was really weird week, but we can put that behind us because yeah. it is now playoff time, DK. For most people, yeah, it's like, this is this is it. We're doing this. Yeah, DK, let's get into some initial advice. We're going to do yeah. this a little bit differently because we kind of decided that the most obvious people to really talk about were just these muddled backfields and very clear situations that became very unclear this week. So the Chargers, obviously Gordon's out. And then Justin Jackson emerged along with Austin Eckler. And then James Conner had a lower leg injury. And so now we got to talk about the Steelers. And then uh, obviously the Chiefs situation with Kareem Hunt being released. Um, and then there's Spencer Ware. And then that's different because they've signed some people. So we decided we're going to put all these people at the back end of the show. Yeah. And we're going to talk through some other waiver wire ads and some other initial advice. So if you want to hear about the Steelers and the Chiefs and the Chargers backfields, we're going to have a whole discussion about those situations at the end. So Stay tuned. First, we're going to run through our initial advice outside of those guys. Yeah, so we're going to open the show with a couple of 49ers, which is kind of weird considering they're going with a backup quarterback and have been pretty <laughs> terrible over the last several weeks. But screw it. I'm starting with I'm starting off with Dante Pettis, receiver for the 49ers. They're going up against the Broncos next week. Pettis broke out. Uh, he's broken out basically the last couple of weeks. Um, he had seven targets, five catches, 129 yards, and two touchdowns against the Seahawks. That was a blowout game, but he looked really good. He had one long touchdown and then another touchdown where he caught a ball over the middle and kind of broke it to the outside and got into the end zone. I like him a lot. Like he's a really good player. I've been excited. I was excited about him early in the season. He disappeared. He kind of had some injuries that he was dealing with and then got in the doghouse a little bit. Um, has climbed out of that and now he's he's a big part of that 49er passing offense, which just based on the way their defense is playing. Um, based on the injuries with uh, Marquise Goodwin and Pierre Garçon, both missed time. I just think he is an interesting player to kind of monitor down the stretch. He's now posted uh, double-digit points in the last two weeks, going up against Denver uh, defense next week that just lost Chris Harris Jr. Sounds like he's got like a broken leg or something like that. Not going to keep him out for the rest of the season, but he's definitely out next week. Yeah, I like Dante Pettis going forward for at least the next couple of weeks. Well, if he broke his leg, I do think he's out for the season. Uh, well, it's like interesting. They, they're they not putting him on IR, according to what I was seeing this morning. It's like one of those like saving him for the playoff type things. I don't really know. It's one of those that. moments where I'm like, God, football players are so much tougher than I am. I know, if right? If I broke my God. leg, I wouldn't come to this office for like a year. I'd see you in 2020. 
Uh, <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> uh, sticking with the Niners, though, uh, we're going the immortal Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, who obviously <laughs> we've all heard of and know deeply at from you know his time at North Texas, where he was a fighting member of the Mean Green. Uh, so Matt yes. Breda aggravated his ankle in pregame warmups. Uh, Matt Gray, Matt Breda's like tough son of a gun. Um, but so he played anyway, and then I think he aggravated it in the game two. Mm-hmm. And then Wilson kind of took over as the lead back, did very well. Uh, like yeah, 73 yards on eight catches receiving, and then 61 yards and 15 rushes. He, yeah, he, he looked good. He looked like a talented runner. Obviously, the Niners, and we talked about this way back when Alfred Morris was alive about, I mean, they have no incentive. I mean, they got to give young guys touches anyway. So if Breda, I mean, this is a massive caveat because Breda's probably been yeah. more than anyone this year the most resilient toward injury when we think he might not be out. He's always playing. So massive caveat. But if he's out, Jeff Wilson looked really good and the Broncos have a solid right. defense. But, you know, Harris is out and there's garbage time and I he clearly can catch very well out of the backfield as well. So uh, also love Jeff, Jeff Wilson. I Also just, I mean, North Texas mean <laughs> green. He's kind of like mean Jeff Green. Can we go with that? Something like that, sure. Mean Jeff Green. Is that insulting Jeff Green or Jeff Wilson? Oh, like the NBA tell. player Jeff mm-hmm. Green? <laughs> yeah. Is he, who is like the Jeff Green of fantasy football? Like he's just fantastic one <laughs> game and then three months just coasts as like below average and then just pops up again like, wow, it's a top 10 talent guy. Isaiah Crowell. <laughs> <laughs> he has like three touchdowns in a game. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Kenya Drake, but <laughs> <laughs> I would argue kind of Deshaun Jackson. If you, have, if you have thoughts about who's yeah. the Jeff Green of fantasy football, please tweet at either me or Danny Kelly. I love this. Uh, All right. <laughs> moving on, moving on. Right, we're going to go to my second guy. Oh, moving on. Ooh, fine. Fine. <laughs> All right, we're taking it to this time. Adam Humphreys of the Buccaneers. We've talked about him a few times over the past couple weeks. He's quietly been ridiculously consistent for the last five weeks. Uh, five touchdowns in the last five games. He's double-digit points in four of the last five games. That's in half-point PBR. So he has been valuable, not just PBR leagues where he's catching a lot of passes over the middle. He's, he's running about, um, he's running, I think, a good amount of his snaps out of the slot. So 82% actually. So he's not, he's not even competing necessarily with Deshaun Jackson for, for looks in this offense. It's kind of like two different roles. Yeah, I think it's more Chris Godwin's probably the one at odds with Deshaun right. at this point. So, so Jackson missing last week was, was a factor, and, and, and Humphreys had uh, 10, no, it was he, nine targets, seven catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Um, but I think going forward, even if Jackson is playing, uh, Humphreys is still going to be a big part of this offense, or at least, you know, that middle range target over the middle, kind of the slot guy. He's good on those whip routes. He's just, I think, I don't, you can't rely on him to have a touchdown in every game. I mean, he's basically done that the last four weeks, but, uh, I think he's still going to get enough targets. I mean, he's nine, six, five, eight, ten targets going back over the five weeks. So he's, he's a big part of that offense. Um, at this point, he's still still available in about fifty percent of Yahoo League. So people have been kind of slow to jump on the, this Humphreys train. So I think right now is the time when you do it. If if you're looking for a, a high ceiling, or sorry, a, a high floor, lower ceiling type player, Humphreys is man. Did you guys see that Jameis Winston broke the Buccaneers touchdowns all time record? So much that Freeman there is there. It was Josh who Freeman. Who Josh Freeman. <laughs> yeah. So. God. Poor Buccaneers. You know, that's my middle uh, name is Freeman. Really? Yeah. Wow. There you go. Fun fact. Uh, cool. Cool. Also, don't forget that the Bucks beat. <laughs> Shut up. What's your What's your middle name? You some boring ass middle name, DK. 
Oh, wait, no, we like it. What is it again? My middle name is Brawley. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. That's actually really good. <laughs> Brawley like, Kelly. That's Brawley cool. Brawley Kelly. Why did we name this the Tennessee Football Podcast? <laughs> we could have named this Brawley Freeman. <laughs> Freeman and Brawley. That sounds like a law firm. <laughs> it does. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's great stuff. Oh, my God. Uh, sorry, we got to move on, DK. Who we got to move on. Uh, keeping you on, keeping you on schedule here. Come on, let's go. I'm actually moving back because the Bucks beat the Saints in Week One, and that's very easy to forget. But just want to throw that out there. Might be a competitive wow. game. Weird. Um, moving forward, uh, the Jacksonville defense. Their ownership is down to 65 percent ESPN and 57 in Yahoo, which makes sense. But still, it's kind of funny to see them like own that low. Uh, obviously, they're playing really well again. They shut out the Colts. They, I mean, again, where the hell did that this, come from? By the way, that was crazy. Well, I, I always say this, but even the horrible teams, it is really hard to shut out a football oh, yeah. team of any kind so in the NFL, hard. especially a good one. At least a good offense. They sacked Andrew Luck three times. He had only been sacked, I think, eleven times entering the game. Like he'd actually been one of the hardest quarterbacks to sack all year because their lines yeah. playing really well. Um, they're playing the they Titans had, this week. Had, the, the first had five games in a row where the Luck didn't get sacked. Yeah, they, that, they exactly. broke that streak last week, I believe, but. And then Luckwood had like some some crazy number of games with three plus touchdowns in a row. So they were just on fire. The Colt like we have to you have to stress that. Like Colts flawless. offense was on fire. Like a genuinely as close to flawless as really a defense can ask for in a game to shut out a team that was as hot as the Colts were. And they're playing the Titans. They last time they played the Titans, it was like that that uh ninety six game. They yeah. held them to two hundred and thirty two yards and nine points. They One of lost. the worst games in the in the season so yeah. far, I'd probably. Yeah. And Mariota is playing I will be generous and say like trash. So and they lost that last nine to six games. So you, I kind of think they're probably still pissed. So I remember I, when remember when the play. Titans beat the Patriots a few weeks ago. Who are the Titans? I think that they're like the classic. Like they actually, it's they're the actual cliche team where they actually like to like muddy up the game and like trash everything <laughs> around and just kind of win ugly games. Like a lot of teams say they like to do that. That actually is the Titans in my mind. Um, also, yeah. Mariota, I don't know if they're going to move on from him. But that's neither here nor there, DK. I do like this. I like this matchup, though. I think you're right. The Jacksonville defense seemed to kind of find themselves, rediscover their identity, stopped a really good offense, and yeah, so it's kind of maybe they figured it out finally. So yeah, moving back moving back to the receiver Yeah, we got to move forward. Come on, DK. <laughs> uh, wide receiver Bruce Ellington, the Lions. Um, he's been a target sort of machine in that offense. He's not gaining very many yards. So this is a PPR ad only, I'd say. Playing half of his snaps in the slot. Last week he had 10 targets, 7 catches for only 35 yards. He's the dump-off option, obviously. Uh, week 12 he had 7 targets, 6 catches, 28 yards. Week before that, 9 targets. So he's getting a lot of targets. Not doing a ton with them, but in the PPR league, like, that's just that gives you sort of that, that established floor that you can work with. It's not going to give you a goose egg, probably. And so going up against the Cardinals this week who have, you know, they, they've struggled problems. as a team. <laughs> they have problems. Uh, I kind of like this. I like I like Ellington. If you're looking for a guy that you know, like I said, with a, a respectable floor, I think he could be worth playing this week. Yeah, no, I agree. He definitely has that floor, and if he gets a touchdown, that's gravy. Uh, and the Lions' passing offense has not been quite the same without Marvin Jones Jr. and Golden Tate, but he's actually filled more of the role than I thought either of us would probably think he fills, even if he's not getting a ton of downfield targets. But yeah, absolutely. Right. Before we move on, DK, let's take a quick break. Getting tickets online can be way too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it is hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. 
There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. It's actually a great system. It's fantastic the way they grade the seats. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. I've actually hit up three of those four. I should get the theater and culture. I actually have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. DK, do you have the SeatGeek app on your phone? Mm, of course. Obviously. We actually just use SeatGeek to buy tickets. Uh, what did I say? Dave Chappelle and John really? Mayer. Dave Chappelle and John Mayer. Oh, that's amazing. Look at that. Best of all, our listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code RINGERNFL today. That is promo code RINGERNFL, R-I-N-G-E-R-N-F-L, for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life is an event. We have the tickets. All right, DK, uh, let's hop through a waiver wire lightning round. Um, mm-hmm. Once again, we are leaving the backfield situation with the Chargers and Steelers and the Chiefs till the third segment, so we can just hash out all of that. Uh, so we're going to run through everyone else. It's kind of like um, asking Mrs. Lincoln like how the play was, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like we're going <laughs> to skip the obvious right now and run through everyone else. Uh, Way to sell this segment, Danny. Look, man, it's like there's still other things going on in the world. The world <laughs> keeps spinning, you know, just because James Conner has a bruise on his leg. Like, we still have other things we got to get to, man. I've been really, like, and, I've, and I've been really excited to talk about this first person. Oh, you know what? Just go ahead. You and Craig, I'm just going to sit back. <laughs> you and Craig can talk. Go ahead. Rashad no, no, Penny, the Seahawks. We got to talk about him because <laughs> Chris Carson left the game on Sunday with a dislocated finger. Uh, so far, Carroll is saying it's probably not going to be a big deal. He's not going to miss time, but... Carroll is not a, not necessarily trustworthy when it comes to the injury uh, you know diagnosis. So I, I would say Penny at the very least is worth a speculative ad at this point in the in case Carson is out because right now Carson's the clear number one in that backfield. Um, they're getting Penny looks, but he's he's a really risky play, especially if the playoffs are going right now. Um, if Carson is going to play, but you know if you come back if it come back on like Friday and Carson's not playing or whatever, uh, then I think he becomes a very very strong ads right now. He's only um, he's only owned in thirty percent of Yahoo leagues. He's averaging five point one yards per carry, and actually he's gotten better as the years gone on. Uh, Six point seven yards per carry since week eight. Last week he had seven carries, sixty five yards, and a touchdown. He's looked a lot faster on the field. Kind of just sort of found his footing in that offense. Um, I found this interesting actually, and I don't know if this is necessarily a good thing, but I heard Pete Carroll on the radio this morning say that Penny is playing at like two hundred and forty pounds. So having that speed that has been sort of apparent on the field lately with the sort of that bruising style, I think makes him kind of an interesting running back going forward, kind of a bruiser, um, kind of an, yeah, all, I mean, kind of an all around talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, again, if Carson's playing, I would not start penny, but if Carson has any issues going forward with this finger issue with this finger injury, then uh, penny becomes a very strong play. So yeah, he's a guy to, I would probably add him and just hold on to him and see what happens with this, uh, with this finger injury. So to skip ahead, Chris Carson could have played. You would not stop Rashad penny. You would not start Rashad penny. That's a quick, that's a more concise version of that. 
That's correct. Yes. Okay, great. Glad we could agree on not playing Rashad Penny. <laughs> Craig, any thoughts on not playing Rashad Penny? It just really must suck to be you right now because Amari Cooper and Rashad Penny are just both playing well. <laughs> uh, I have no regrets, and you can refer all comments to my lawyers. Uh, let's move on <laughs> to the Panthers. Let's do a little combo uh, right here. Tight end Ian Thomas and Curtis Samuel. So Greg Olson is out for the rest of the year, he had battle foot injuries and now has, this is, I'm just embarrassed. Another thing I can't say, Pla- plantar fasciitis? Yeah, is I that, think so. Is, is I, there I, any, by the way, is there any worse sounding injury than a ruptured plantar fasciitis or fascia or whatever? I don't know how they say it, but. So I'm a. That I'm, sounds completely awful. So I'm not a doctor, but I play one in my head when I read WebMD. But the thing about the word rupture is it's actually, I think, the same as a tear. It's just like you can say Ugh. torn and kill. Let's not go into that. Anyway, bad, the. Question is kind of like who fills Olsen's role. There's a lot of like suspects. I mean, Devin Funches traditionally plays pretty well when Olsen's out. I think, you know, mm-hmm. he kind of fills the de facto tight end position in the offense. So I don't know if Ian Thomas is exactly going to take over exactly what Olsen did. The right. games without Olsen this year, Ian Thomas has what, three targets or two catches and 10 yards, five targets or three catches and 20 yards, six targets or three catches and 30, nothing. He, you know, he hasn't done anything really with Olsen out. Maybe gets a touchdown or not, but I think. Funchess would probably be better. Obviously, he's owned. He's not really an ad. And then Curtis Samuel might tick up. But I don't know if any of these guys are going to be that great because I'm actually a little worried about Cam Newton. He's been playing really well, but he suffered what looked like a shoulder injury during the game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he had, I mean, he had shoulder surgery on his throwing arm in March. He already has had deep ball issues this year, and his shoulder hasn't been quite 100%. It's not exactly 75, but it's kind of somewhere in between. And then he's re-injured or definitely banged up the shoulder during the game, threw a Hail Mary to end the game, didn't make it to the end zone, and then um, came out for the second Hail Mary, didn't throw the next one, which yeah, is... Yeah, that was, that was strange. Yeah, so, you know, I'm kind of hesitant. I mean, it makes sense to want a Greg Olson replacement, but I'm actually kind of hesitant to go yeah. with any of these guys. His camp shoulder is not 100%. So the Browns is a good matchup, but I don't know. I kind of need to see how Cam's doing in practice because... He's going to play, but that might not be awesome. Yeah, I suspect... Well, so Thomas had five targets, five catches, 46 yards. I'm wondering how big of a part of the game plan he'll be going forward. I I just don't know if he can trust... I I agree with you. I don't know if he can trust at this point. If you're looking for help at the tight end position, because it is obviously very sort of barren this year, uh, he could be worth an ad, but I'm pretty reticent to start him this week. Uh, and that goes, I, I kind of agree with you. It just goes with all that, all the receivers in that offense right now. Like, can you really trust Funches? Can you really trust DJ Moore? So much can of fantasy football is trust issues, isn't it? It's really just our, <laughs> just that offense, just like, they, but I think they spread the offense around or they, they spread the ball around so much. It's just really hard to know who's going to step up in any given week. And that's scary in the playoffs. Yeah, but I think you hit the argument for Thomas actually nail on the head right there. And that tight end so bad that like, what the hell do you have to lose? Uh, right. because at least he has upside and those guys don't but yeah man moving forward Jordy Nelson had a big game kind of out of the blue again this week he had 11 targets 10 catches 97 yards had two Dutch, uh, two red zone targets which was tops on the team Go, this week they're going up against the Steelers uh, I don't I, again it's a trust thing and I don't think I can really trust any anybody other than maybe Jared Cook in this offense or Jalen Richard our favorite player 8 points um, <laughs> <laughs> he had 92 yards Mr. There eight was, points. Well, yeah, didn't, was, he, didn't he get over 10, but he, he fumbled, so he came yeah, back yeah, down he, to He eight. knew what he was doing, <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. 
There was that. I think I watched that run this morning. It's incredible. And I was like, it was hilarious. He juked like six guys, like had like a spin move in there, and then he just dropped. He didn't. I don't even know if he got the ball got hit. Just like like threw the ball away at the very end of his run. I was like, oh, that that makes sense. In his defense, he actually scored twelve and ha- and half PPR. So good for him. Nice. He tried nice. to fumble more, but. <laughs> Um, but going back to Jordy, I don't know. Again, I don't know if I can trust him. He's only gone over 50 yards twice this season. He had one target in week 12. This week, going up against a bad Chiefs defense, maybe he was taking advantage of that. Yeah, I'm probably, I mean, I guess you could pick him up and see how it goes. I'm not going to start him this week, and, and I'm just a little bit reticent right now with anybody in that that Raiders passing offense. Yeah, it's weird. The Steelers started as a really bad pass defense, have really picked it up since then, and then just got shredded on Sunday Night Football by Keenan Allen because they kind of played like a linebacker over him. Yeah. Like right when you would think that they wouldn't have to worry about Melvin Gordon could just kind of shut down uh, Keenan Allen, let the other guys beat him. They just kind of didn't always put a corner or safety on Keenan Allen, let him just shred some linebackers. So, But at the same time, that was so badly that I actually don't know if we can look at that matchup and apply it because you'd think they have to do some new stuff. So I don't exactly know how they're going to play the Raiders, but you have to think they did something different. Um, I would hope so, yeah. <laughs> so I I actually I would add I would add Jordy if you need a receiver on the chance that the Raiders offense has been getting better, as painful as it is to admit. Fair enough. Who do you got next? Last uh this is just uh some kind of housekeeping. If you have Todd Gurley and you have Malcolm Brown handcuffed, and I highly recommend handcuffing after what we've seen in the last two weeks. Yeah. Um obviously monitor Malcolm Brown's status, but he hurt his shoulder. John Kelly, who is behind him, not the soon to be maybe outgoing chief of staff of the country, but just the Rams third string running back uh, Mm -hmm. has been hanging around and uh, he looked really good in the preseason. Rolling ball. Really capable. Rolling ball of butcher knives. For God. (laughs) (laughs) You have to explain. Please explain. (laughs) (laughs) That's just, it's just scout speak. I love scout speak. There's uh, (laughs) a, there's no way human beings say that. I, I don't know. I, it's like tradition. You have to make up these crazy, yeah. You have to make up like these crazy euphemisms for, for whatever they are. Yeah. Rolling ball butcher knives is a good one. And this, that's just how he runs. I mean, he's like really physical. What are some other scouting Breaks a lot of tackles. Uh, oily hips. Oh, I've heard that one about the chief of staff, John Kelly. Um, tight skin, which means like (laughs) your house of chief of staff, John Kelly. All right. (laughs) <laughs> moving on before I get fired. There's, there's just so many good ones. Yeah. Moving on. Well, no, sorry. We have to stay here for a second. Uh, pick up John Kelly if Malcolm Brown is out um, for any extended period of time yeah. and you have Todd Gurley because John Kelly, I, he looks pretty good. And we and probably inherit, get plenty yeah, of time could for inherit the team. A, could inherit an enormous uh, workload if, if Gurley were to go out. Knock on wood. One last one that I feel like we have to talk about is Josh Allen on the Bills going up this week against the Jets. Allen has... Rushed, well, let's see, he, he rushed for 135 yards on Sunday. Um, actually, he, and that makes him join Michael Vick, Kaepernick, and Griffin, Robert Griffin, as the only quarterbacks 130 plus yards. I, I saw this stat, I think, on Twitter over the last 20 years. Um, so that's a significant number, obviously. A lot of it was on scrambles, but um, I mean, he's just, he's, he, to me, he's sort of the new Blake Bortles. Like, he's very inaccurate, um, scattershot as a thrower. You never really know what you're going to get from him in terms of the air. This last week, he had two touchdowns. He scored 26 and 30 fantasy points the last two weeks because par- partly because he's just running the hell out of the ball. He had 99 yards, I think, last week. I don't know. Going up against this Jets defense, is Allen a guy that you're actually thinking about potentially starting in the playoffs as, as they kick off? 
first of all, I think Josh Allen is the Jeff Green. I think we actually just settled this. Uh, I don't think he's Blake Bortles. Uh, he's, I mean, in real life football, he's way better than Blake Bortles, I think. I mean, brings more. Really? He's way better. I think he's the, he might be the best rushing quarterback in football right now after like, I mean, if you consider Cam's shoulder injury, probably not lowering it much. I mean, Josh Allen might be the best rushing guy. Um, more than, you like it more than Lamar Jackson as a runner? Yeah, he's he's done better. I mean, as a pure runner, sure. But I, anyway, have a, I have a question maybe, for you both. Maybe. Hit yeah. Me. Uh, if you had to put your life on it, who's going to have more rushing yards next week, Josh Allen or Alvin Kamara? <laughs> oh, well, scrimmage or rushing? Rushing. Kamara. Yeah. <laughs> My life on it, Kamara. I, I think I would say, yeah, well, I think actually, I would say Kamara I'm too. I'm glad you but... asked that because here's why. Uh, <laughs> you said my life. And if you play fantasy football, you should look at fantasy playoffs like your life is on the line. I think I saw someone say that Josh Allen has as many 100 uh, yard rushing games as Dalvin Cook. That's one of the. In his career. Uh, he, has, right. he has more than Kamara. But Dalvin Cook's been hurt. Okay. <laughs> the Alvin Kamara stuff. <laughs> I just this think is it's one funny. of those things they say on a broadcast that you're like, that's bullshit because it's not telling the whole story. And you're like, oh, Alvin Kamara had 50 rushing yards last week. Yeah, and he had 160 receiving yards or whatever. And I mean, just made that up. But um, <laughs> anyway, Josh Allen, I could see him crushing the Jets, but there's so many quarterbacks out there. Maybe. He's worth a start. 26 and 30 fantasy points in the past two weeks. High floor. I'll admit, very high floor. And he's not as bad as the... Well, I mean, this is his whole thing, and this will he be him for the next few years, which is you will not learn about Josh Allen really watching the highlights or the lowlights. There will always be a lot of ridiculously dumb picks and a lot of crazy plays. Who he is as a player is actually everything in between when you're kind of watching in the boring stuff. He's been better than I thought he would be on the, on like the, the boring stuff, I'll admit. So there. I'm thinking about in a, if in a two quarterback league or a super flex, I'm thinking about it simply because of what he brings. Oh, as if it's a two quarterback league, then yeah. I mean, I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking definitely for just two quarterback leagues. I'm not starting him over like a Phillip Rivers or something like that. But. If you uh you know what? It's bold, but I, I respect it, Cotton. <laughs> if you play it. All right. Word. Let's uh let's move on to the main course, DK, but before we move on, let's take another quick break. The fantasy playoffs are fast approaching. There I say, they're here. And at this point, you probably know whether or not your team is in the championship mix. If you're not, then FanDuel wants you to know that there's no shame in walking away from a losing team. DK would know this from his experience at the Ring of Fantasy Football League. <laughs> hey, we've been playing really well right right now. Christian McCaffrey, Zeke Elliott, Mari Cooper. Well, you did miss the playoffs, but you can go take those players over to FanDuel where you get the excitement of researching and building your team each week, regardless of the outcome. Plus, FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. Trust us, we've tried other DFS sites before, and if you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel is clearly the place to play. When you're ready for a fresh start, DK, <laughs> cough, come on over to FanDuel and you get a $5 bonus when you make your first deposit. Then pick a new fantasy team every week, get all the fresh starts you need to get back to winning. So come play with us at FanDuel.com slash The Ringer. That is fanduel.com slash the ringer. New users only. Bonus is not available for withdrawal. State and age restrictions do apply. For full eligibility rules and terms and conditions, go to fanduel.com. All right, TK, let's do it, man. So obviously there was just a, a ton of turmoil at some very stable running back positions this week. Yeah, yeah. James Conner hurt his uh, lower leg. Melvin Gordon had another injury. He might return soon, but Austin Eckler was maybe a little bit usurped. 
as the starter there. And then obviously Kareem Hunt was released by the Chiefs this week. So we're just going to run through those each week and we're going to look at the state of those backfields for fantasy purposes. Uh, let's start with the Steelers. Yeah, let's do this. So first of all, there's we're recording this on Monday afternoon. There's some confusion kind of over what's going on with Yeah, with from anyone injury. who watched the thing and then the injury and then like the reports afterward. Everyone's confused, I think. Yeah, so Ian Rappaport <laughs> says his understanding is the injury is not ankle. It's not considered major at all. Um, Tomlin called it a contusion, and he seems to be okay. We'll see, in, in quote, how much it swells we'll be telling. There was other people that said— uh, well, Sorry, that's that a quote from Ian like, Rappaport. I don't think it's a quote from Tomlin. Right, right. But still. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, and then, you know, there's other reports that it was a high—or not reports, but speculation that it was a high ankle injury. It looked more like that. I don't know. I think we're just kind of still in the waiting period. If you and, and it just can't hurt at this point to handcuff right now. I think Jalen. Oh Samuels, yeah, you have to. Yeah, Jalen Samuels is sort of the um, the number one target. I think in that area, he's he's kind of a positionless player. He didn't really have a position in college. Comes in, he's actually a tight end. Uh, I think in Yahoo leagues, he's tight end eligible. He is, which is such yeah. a game changer. I've never seen anything like that for like a relevant player. <laughs> Yeah. To be so, a running, maybe a running back playing tight end eligibility. That's incredible. He, he's essentially like the athlete designation, right? Like Didn't he's have a position be, in college. Yeah, he's going to be, um, I think, more he- heavily featured if if Connor were to miss time. Um, he'd be more heavily featured as a pass catcher, likely. And then I think Steven Ridley would get some of the, the early down work. Yeah, I would not be fooled by really not getting carry. On Sunday night, I think that really would get more carries than Samuels, but Samuels would be the better fantasy play um, if Connor would be out. But I also kind of think there's a serious chance that Connor plays and then doesn't get the full workload, in which case yep. I would still play him, but he would definitely not be obviously like the dominant, almost plug in top five guy he is every week. In other words, this is all very bad for fantasy football, especially in the first week of the playoffs, especially if you. Road Connor to the playoffs. Darkness breeds uh. light elsewhere, DK. <laughs> and I would say that if if there is a, a light here, it's like if Connor's out, Samuel's being able to plug into tight end is like such That's a game changer if you don't have yeah. a tight end. Even for like one week is incredible. And that upside alone, it's like, it's wild. It's kind of, I mean, this is really yeah. a fantasy baseball conversation, but like, you know, it's like Ben Zobris used to be, or, the, you know, or uh, who is the ex- recent example? Anthony Rizzo qualified at second base because of uh, the shifts the Cubs were doing. Things like that. It's just suddenly like the positional value. That's not really yeah. ever a conversation in fantasy football for important players. I think that could, if Connor is actually out for a couple of weeks, Samuel's just the potential that's way more valuable to me. Yeah. So, and going up against the Raiders this week who have a atrocious defense, there is definitely potential for, for, you know, high volume, lots of scoring and things like that. So, yeah, it's definitely something to monitor. Keep an eye on what's going on with Connor. In the meantime, I would definitely add Samuels. Think about adding Ridley. Um, you know, if you got an extra spot out there back of your roster, I mean, you're probably not going to play. There's there's guys you're not going to play regardless going forward, I think, if you're in the playoffs. So these are much higher uh, potential, higher upside guys to add. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Samuels, priority one. Ridley, don't count Ridley out as a potential guy who's going to get yes, carries. Yes, don't. But, yeah, if you have Connor, handcuff. And if you don't, it's always worth, you know, just a speculative ad at this point. Yeah, and, and moving on to the Chargers right now. Um, Melvin Gordon, the Adam Schefter reported that he will be back either this week against the Bengals on Sunday or on Thursday night against the Chiefs. 
My gut would tell me that probably means Thursday, but who knows? But in his right, absence, right. we kind of thought Austin Eckler would do, you know, a lot more of the work than he did, and then ended up the second half. Justin Jackson really took over. Looked better, mm-hmm. just straight. I think he just outplayed Eckler. Looked explosive. Yeah, looks really good. Obviously, Eckler's owned in a ton of leagues. I, I mean, I would add Justin Jackson. I think that he maybe yeah. has a better chance of sticking around and taking Eckler's snaps when Gordon's in the game. Um, and if Gordon does come back, the Chargers are primed for a playoff run, and this is the important part, I think, here. Even if Gordon comes back in the regular season, I don't think he's going to be getting the volume he got because they need to preserve him for a playoff run. If they're easing him back from an MCL injury, I don't know if it makes sense to just you know keep feeding him. And I kind why of would they, yeah, why would they bring him back this week? That just I think it'll don't be push Thursday. it. I don't think it'll push be Thursday. It. Um, yeah. And again, if they bring him back, we don't know what the the split will be. And that's the thing is this is different to me. I mean, it's, it's actually similar to Connor, but the Connor, I think that it's more about we don't actually know what the injury is. Maybe he's t- totally fine. With this one, I think it's much more clear that like, yeah, I, there will be volume for Eckler or Jackson. I think Jackson might usurp Eckler going forward. So it's interesting. Eckler had 13 carries for 21 yards. Is that is that it? 13 carries for 21 yards? Man, that's too bad. It's tough. Um, five catches for 22 yards. And then Jackson, he had eight carries for 63 yards and a touchdown. Added uh, reception for 19 yards. So yeah, he was he was making open field moves. So he literally exactly tripled what Eckler did on five fewer carries. But yeah. like that's actually representative. The, the, the eye test bared that out. He was three times yeah. as good. And I like test. Eckler a lot. I still like Eckler. I think he can be a productive player in that offense. But maybe, you know, maybe what we saw last night is that he's not necessarily like a 20 touches a game type of player. And that's why Jackson got some more action. So yeah, he Jackson's definitely worse than that at this point, I think, just because... He showed out really well. I think Gordon's probably going to be out for at least another week, and they're going up against the Bengals, who have a terrible defense. The difference between this one and the Steelers, I think, is that with the Steelers, we don't know what's going to— I mean, it's Monday. We don't know what the deal is. On Friday, I think it'll be much clearer if either those guys are worth playing. With this one, I think it's much more—might be like a Sunday afternoon thing, but you should want them on your roster regardless because there's a real chance. And then with this one, even more so, I think, than Jalen Samuels— um, they might be relevant week 15 and 16 as well, based on how that workload pans out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on to the Chiefs. So Spencer Ware is obviously owned in probably 90-plus percent of leagues at this point. Uh, that's no secret. I thought Damian Williams outplayed Spencer Ware. Uh, Spencer Ware had, let's see, he had 70% of snaps. Tw- he ran 23 routes, 15 touches total. And he only took, he took 14 carries for 47 yards and a touchdown. And then Damian Williams, on the other hand, played a quarter of snaps. Ran eight routes, got seven touches. He took five carries for 38 yards. So similar to where, but more importantly, Williams just looked better. He looked a little more explosive, I guess. Yeah, wait, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He just, he looked like he was able to create more with less. A little little more oily. (laughs) Oilier hips? hips. Yeah. (laughs) Got tighter skin. What that, what what does tight skin mean, DK? Tight skin means you can't, there's not a lot uh, of room on your frame to add like a lot of muscle. So it like me out. Calvin like Ridley skin. last year was called had tight skin. He's like a little too skinny or whatever. I mean, it's not a big. It's, it's not always. It's not always damning. But that's somehow worse than oily hips. I didn't think any of these scouting terms could get worse than I like. Yeah, there's some weird scouting. I like terms, bowling ball but, of butcher knives though. I'm gonna stick with that one. Um, <laughs> Damian Williams bowling ball of butcher knives. Rolling um, rolling ball. Rolling. Oh, it's not a bowling ball. <laughs> bowling. Have I been saying that wrong too, for a year? <laughs> I like my. I hope. What's so. that yeah. line from the Lord of War? I like it my way. 
Craig, can we get that drop? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we cannot. I like it. By the way. Anyway, so Damian, here's the point. I think, I mean, Spencer Ward is obviously still the guy to own and play. I think, though, I would not be surprised if two weeks from now, Damian Williams is like taking the job and a top 10 fantasy running back. I would add him if that is intriguing to you. And then the sleeper here, the dark horse, they yeah. said they were going to sign CJ Anderson. They did not. They added Sherkandrick West, who'd been with the team for the last four years, including this year's training camp. They um, cut him. But now he's back. He knows the playbook. That's another guy I wouldn't be surprised. I also think that this could be a situation where like, there's two guys that are fantasy worthy. But yeah, where is going to be the volume guy? And then Williams and maybe West will be the upside guys, but probably not Williams nor West will be helpful this week. But for the 15 and 16 weeks, I actually think might even be better than Ware, possibly. I'm sticking with Ware. I, I think Ware, he did look a little underwhelming in this game. And they have a tough matchup next week against the Ravens. It's not not necessarily a great matchup for for the Chiefs run team and or run game in general. But I'm still sticking with Ware. I just think you gotta go with the volume until it changes. I mean, I think you're 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 putting your hopes on a lot oh, with, I, with sorry. Williams. Let me clarify. I'm not saying you should play Damian Williams this week. I think you I should see. add just, Damian worth, Williams yeah, okay. in the hope that if he wins the job, it's on your bench and not on waivers. That's <laughs> yeah, kind of my... But again, it's complicated because you also have to balance with like... I mean, look, I would I would rather have Justin Jackson or Jalen Samuels if Connor's out. Um, but if you lose out on those guys, I'll take Damian Williams and, play, and roll the dice with... Well, if he usurps, yeah. then you know maybe you have a top 15 guy. Yeah, and Wes is someone to keep an eye on. I don't know if I'd add him yet. Right, exactly. One last team that kind of uh, had a there's a interesting development kind of late late in the game. Uh, Rex Burkhead is back, and he's actually playing, which kind of muddles again. It muddles the Patriots backfield situation. Burkhead had picked up seven carries for 20 yards, two targets, two catches, 21 yards. Does this change your feeling about? I guess the upside of James White and Sonny Michelle going forward. Like, is this something that actually changes your, uh, I guess, your willingness to start either of those guys going forward? Or you just think it's just sort of like a thorn in our side? The situation forward? has changed, but it doesn't change my feeling about the situation, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Um, you're still playing James White because he's, I mean, look, maybe Burkhead's, there's certainly, let me clarify, there's certainly a risk Burkhead's numbers tick up going forward. Right. Yeah. And that just when you get to the championship round, James White's numbers get overcut by him. That's a risk. But until then, James White's still running an extraordinary amount of routes. Getting, I mean, I mean, he had nine targets, seven catches, 92 yards, which is, I mean, good receiving numbers. That's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. those are good receiving numbers and also got six carries. Sony Michelle, I mean, his season average was uh, 41% of carries this year. Yeah. And then he got 44% in this game. So I don't know if that really, if Burkhead's really going to get take his numbers away, maybe the goal line even. I don't, I need to see it. Um, and then obviously James Devlin vultured, or as full-time Craig would say, Matt as he added <laughs> two touchdowns away from Sonny Michelle. Yeah. But it's the Patriots. It's fantasy football. Shit happens. Like, yeah. I still trust Sonny Michelle to get those carries. You still got the goal line back in one of the best offenses in football that runs more than almost any other team in football when they are near the goal line. Um, the Patriots trust Sony Michelle at the goal line. I am willing to take the Devlin risk and maybe even the Corderell Patterson risk and maybe even the Rex Burkhead risk. I think Sony Michelle is still like yeah. a pretty good bet. And until you see James White not be productive, I think you got to play James White. 
So let me yeah, ask you. Let me ask you guys. Um, after this, we just did this third segment here. So how would you rank everyone? So we have Justin Jackson, we have Jalen Samuels, we have Spencer Ware, and Damian Williams. So how are you adding them? If you, if you could add one of those, this is a great question. I would sort yourself into two categories, which is one: Do you need someone for week fourteen, or do you need someone for weeks fifteen and sixteen? Yeah, I think that's definitely a thing. If you're talking about this week. And now, I mean, this is also where injuries and information. I, I, I mean, to answer your question first, you have, kind of have to rank how do you think these guys are going to play. I think Melvin Gordon has a lower chance of playing this week than James Conner. So that's yeah. kind of how I'm sorting this. But if that changes, then the rankings change. If you need someone for this week, I think Justin Jackson's one. Jalen yep, Samuels agreed. is 2A and Ridley's 2B, but Samuels gets the tight end stuff, and I think that that's more valuable for this week. Yeah. Go I'm with, with, you, with you on that. Uh, if you need, if you, if you kind of think your lineup's set and none of these guys are going to crack it for you, or at least, you know, you don't know, um, and you're kind of plotting for week, if you have a buy or whatever, you're plotting for next week and you, or maybe you just want to take stuff away from your opponents because there's game theory going, uh, maybe it turns out Connor's fine or whatever. I think just when, once Gordon returns, Justin Jackson might not be as valuable suddenly in the three headed backfield, but I, right. I, I'm kind of super intrigued by the possibility of Damian Williams by week 16. And maybe even Jalen Samuels to steal to steal some uh, receiving stuff from uh, James Conner going forward. I like Justin Jackson the most too. I think, especially just for this week, going up against a crappy Bengals defense. And Spencer Ware, how is he? How is he shaping up against Jalen Samuels and Justin Jackson? Oh well, I mean, I'm not even counting him. Where, I think he's, yeah, I mean, he's owned like ninety percent of something. leagues. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I'll literally check right now. I mean, or even is, or even Damian Williams is he? Does he? Where legitimately like gets his own tier, and then there's a tier below him that is empty out of respect for how much high. I, I, I sorry if that wasn't clear, but Spencer Ware is clearly number one here, and then yeah. the rest of the guys are varying levels of speculative. Justin Jackson is week fourteen, I think, pretty legit if Melvin Gordon doesn't play. Uh, and then the Chargers can say whatever they want, but like there's still a chance if Melvin Gordon might not play on Thursday because it's a quick turnaround, and all he has to do is have one setback, and then you know because if he has a setback for Sunday. And then he doesn't play on Thursday. Well, then you just got two rounds of the playoffs out of Justin Jackson. That's super valuable. Uh, but if he does play, then you kind of, you're kind of banking that he gets Austin Eckler's touches, and then it, so that's dicey. But that's the highest upside thing, I think. And then Samuels is also risk here because Stephen Ridley might just get more carries. But <laughs> right, the tight right. end thing, basically, if you have Kelsey, Ertz, or Ebron, sorry, DK, and maybe even Jared Cook, you're <laughs> cooking. But if you have any, oh, I didn't even mean to make that pun, which wow. is sad. I'm actually more <laughs> upset that I didn't. I once had a social studies teacher who told me the best advice I think I've ever gotten, which is every pun is intended. Don't trust people who sell you the, tell you the pun wasn't intended. So um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good note. That's a good note. Why don't you take us out? <laughs> um, shout out, Miss Keating. Anyway. Justin Jackson, one. Jalen Samuels, 2A. Ridley, three, uh, 2B. Damian Williams, 3. Rex Burkhead, Burkhead. 4. And <laughs> yeah. Sharkandrick West, 5. What about James Devlin? <laughs> <laughs> Probably should be number one. I don't know. Oh, God. All right, TK. That's all we got. Thank you to everyone for listening and your profound patience. We appreciate it. Best of luck. Yeah. If you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel is the place to play. And even if you are a fantasy expert, FanDuel is still the place to play. At FanDuel, you get the excitement of researching and building your team each week, regardless of the outcome. 
Come play with us at fanduel.com slash the ringer and get a $5 bonus when you make your first deposit. That is fanduel.com slash the ringer. New users only. Bonus is not available for withdrawal. State and age restrictions apply. For full eligibility rules and terms and conditions, go to fanduel.com. 